Welcome to FisherCast, the Six Feet Under Retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers... Moira? And Des. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, glad to have everybody back here, and we actually have a guest host today, and uh, what do you say, Steph? Hello! <laughs> Says hello. <laughs> that was a good answer. <laughs> That's what I said, right? <laughs> so uh, I believe this is your first guest appearance in season two. How you been enjoying it? Well, since you ask, I was not <laughs> crazy about the way season two started because it just seems oh, just so over the top. Mm. But I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm settling into season two, and I've just come to accept that um, you know, like. Early on in season one, didn't you say, Robin, that HBO told Alan Ball to, like, amp up the sex or something? I might have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. It just, it just seems to me that um, maybe the writers feel like they need to uh, just uh, make this more sensational sensationalize the stories more or give it a little something that I feel like is not really honest but I think that I've come to accept that I think that the characters of Nate and David and Claire and and Buffy died (laughs) (laughs) see (laughs) he does that every time (laughs) she's not podcasting about Buffy (laughs) for once isn't that the only podcast she does? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we have a guest husband, uh, dear Andrews. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Well, um, hopefully, I mean, you are a newbie to the show, so hopefully you enjoy the ride as we go along. And Des hey, is ready to I'm... get this season over with, but... <laughs> I just think it's interesting stuff, because basically you're saying that you find it yes. melodramatic. Which is what we're saying, too. Okay. Yeah, but... Um, the more this thing goes on, the more I hate it. But I feel like the character... I feel like the characters of Nate, especially Nate, keeps the show grounded enough mm-hmm. where I... I feel like it's... Um, where I can accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, really, I think yeah. when I was first watching the show, I was really like... I was about. I was all about the Nate. The Nate was the uh, was was my was my focus, and everybody else kind of. Uh, I was sort of interested in their stuff, but I was more interested in what Nate was all about. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a, a guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm more interested in Nate too. I think he's he's more interesting character to me. Also mm-hmm. hot, but <laughs> but that being said, um. Six Feet Under is still a lot better show and more of a show that I want to watch compared to Parenthood. <laughs> I caught an episode ne- of Parenthood and he looks so old in that show. He does. He's starting to look like so Steve much. Martin. <laughs> but oh, Parenthood, brothers sit down and they talk about their feelings and that gushy, gushy, gushy stuff that it doesn't happen that way on these cable shows and I'd much rather see the cable show than the network show mm-hmm. cool okay all right so uh let's uh get on to the Darwin awards 
in which I honor the morons in history that kill themselves and save us from having children that are like them. I don't know how to introduce this segment. It's uh, <laughs> it's a segment uh, with a story that I like to call "What a Wiener." Uh, okay, so <laughs> this is from 1994, uh, when 32 year old Robert Puelo was causing a ruckus in a St. Louis 7-Eleven, yelling and cursing up a storm. He got even more infuriated when the clerk threatened to call the cops to show the clerk that he that the clerk didn't get the better of him. Uh, he grabbed a hot dog from the counter deli display, shoved it in his mouth, and walked out the door. When Sergeant James Cox <laughs> of the uh, St. Louis PD, no one else, really? uh, Wieners and Cox, no. Uh, uh, when he arrived on the scene, he found Puelo motionless on the pavement a few feet from the store. He was bleeding slightly from the head, so I called for the paramedics. Then I noticed the guy's face and fingers turning blue, and the clerk inside said she'd found a half-eaten hot dog. So. We called the paramedics again and told them to get here as fast as they could. So shortly after the paramedics arrived at the parking lot, they immediately tried to give Puelo some oxygen, but that didn't work because his windpipe was blocked. So they stuck eight-inch forceps down his throat and started pulling out meat. Mm. (laughs) Um, They worked on him really hard for 35 minutes right there in the parking lot, but he was pronounced dead when he got to the hospital, Sergeant Cox said. Apparently... He bit off more than he could chew. But mm. there's a whole lot of that's what she says in that story. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's uh, hear from our friends and uh, maybe somebody who somebody's voice will be on there that you hear right now at Potential Cast. In every generation, there is a podcast where one alone has watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. The three others must stand against the spoilers, the synopses, and the forces of DVD commentary tracks. This is Potential Cast. This is Stephanie. This is Kim. I'm Gabby. I'm Illyrio. I see sort of myself in Cordelia. I really like that life for some reason. The show does that a lot, and I really like it. About Buffy's a slayer. Don't tell anyone. That's all the information you need. We do have a lot of feedback. Whether you're brand new to Buffy or you're a seasoned rewatcher, come find us at potentialcast.com. And we're back, and we're ready to do some uh, potential cast. I love that show. <laughs> well, it's all right. Thanks. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll, we'll hear some. Uh, we'll, we're here for open casket viewing and uh, our episode discussion of the liar and the whore. Moira, indeed. So, season two, episode eleven. Nate and Brenda seek advice from Rabbi Ari, who leads them to a more honest place in their relationship. Ruth's need to control the lives of Nikolai and Claire help her realize that she may be the one who needs assistance. When Frederico gets suspicious about an elderly woman's, quote, natural death, he inadvertently places Vanessa under scrutiny. A disgruntled former client files a lawsuit against Fisher and Sons, masterminded by an old friend over at Kroner's. Written by Rick Cleveland and directed by Miguel Arteta, or Arteta, or something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I have no idea either. Uh, (laughs) So uh, we open up with Edith Kirkey. 
bitching about how much pain she's in to her nursing room, nursing home roommate, Ramona. And uh, out in the hallway, Vanessa and her workmate, uh, Dolores, uh, are talking about how much of a pain in the ass Rico's been. And when they come in, they discover Edith dead and Ramona sitting peacefully. Yeah. Yeah. I would have I would have done the same thing if I was Ramona. <laughs> Man, that was the most annoying roommate ever. <laughs> uh we go to the next scene where we see Taylor is definitely still mad at David. He's picking out some clothes for her. Um Keith uh is, wants to set some boundaries and David says it's probably you're you're upset because your father is visiting today. I liked seeing David uh, setting his own boundaries with Keith. It was good to see him basically say, you're not going to take out your angst on me and on uh, little Taylor. So good for you, David. It is great. I think uh, he's starting to really, you know, it's not just him that's going to be pushed around now. It's now it's now it's the little girl who's already hurt because her mother is taken away and he's feeling kind of sympathy for her. Well, I think David's just getting fed up. So I was, I was happy to see that. It's about time he started stepping up a bit, standing up yeah. a bit. I mean, like you know, he starts seeing this behavior being put on another person who's defenseless or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. David and David has bonded with Taylor. Yeah, and that's nice to see. He, um, he's beginning you know, to feel like a father figure. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, the next scene, Ruth is wondering if Claire is depressed, and uh, when uh, Claire is. I don't know, doesn't like hearing this. Uh, she just wants, Ruth says she hopes that she's not, like, blaming her about it. Oh, and I, I made two notes. The first thing I said was, ugly glasses, Ruth. Really ugly. <laughs> I'd like to get her a new pair. Um, and the other thing was, with respect to, to her daughter, I thought, it's not all about you, Ruth. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, the next scene, David is again late and pissy. Um, Nate is about to, is going to be meeting with Rabbi Ari with Brenda, and then Nate gets served. I thought it was going to be something to do with Lisa, mm-hmm. but I was wrong. Yeah, would you like to? I bet Robin, you'd like to be a uh, summon server so you can, you know, so I just tell those. people you got served. You just got served. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we remember back to a previous episode. I'm a terrible host. I forget what episode it was where Mrs. Collins is shown her husband's dead body. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's been several, like three or four episodes ago. Mm-hmm. It was the guy who fell off the boat. Yep, that's right. Still can't remember what episode title it is. Stop screaming at me, Andrews. Um, yeah. So, do you, did you, any of you think that maybe she was going to come back after seeing her husband's mutilated body? No, I thought she was no. satisfied by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that was therapeutic for her, so it did surprise me. So uh, yeah, David didn't know about this um, whole thing. So Nate tells him about it, and yeah, they're getting sued for five hundred thousand dollars. It's funny, actually. I wrote down $500,000, and I believe they said half a million dollars, but the subtitle said $500,000, which is weird. It's like, why can't you write down half a million? It seems easier. I don't know. <laughs> and it, with that, it just seems uh, that would be a hard call because you don't know if you're doing the wrong thing by not, you know, did, wouldn't she have the right to see her loved one? 
Mm-hmm. See, this is the I wouldn't know that you're setting yourself up for. Well, I guess that's why Croner wanted her to sign a release. That was our hint um, b- before they would let her see the body, which surprised yeah. me even then. But I guess they must run into this problem that people think they want to see it and then they're horrified when they do. Yeah, it drives me crazy that some people have to ruin things for everyone. Like, you know, they have to be so worried about getting sued that, you know, just letting someone see their loved one's body is something you have to worry about. Okay, are we going to get sued or not? Do we need them to sign paperwork? It's just absolutely ridiculous. Well, yeah, because it comes down to people um, forcing you. Like, she sort of forced Nate's hand, right? And then yeah. regretting your choice and blaming someone else for your choice, which is just stupid. And, you know, who wants to be the dick who, like, you know, has to be, like, arguing with a lady about seeing her husband's dead body? But you, when you have to worry about being sued all the time, you know, it's just, uh, it just pisses me off that people are like that. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the United States. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, well, I don't know how rampant it is up in Canada, but... Not uh, quite so rampant <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> Next scene, we're in the green hearse with Claire and Parker. They're smoking a joint together, and Parker opens up this uh, Godzilla container that Aunt Sarah gave Claire and uh, finds some shrooms. Hmm. And we also find out that Parker's banging her vocational arts teacher. Yeah. That's- the first I of many scenes of high people. Mr. Schuschler, yeah. <laughs> the God. first of first of many scenes was people who are high or getting high. <laughs> oh yeah. So, do you guys like uh, the uh, drug induced uh, behavior on this show, or uh, is it getting old? No, I'm I okay think it was it. hilarious. This episode, it was some okay. much needed levity. <laughs> so, I didn't <laughs> mind it at all. I don't understand where they, you know, I mean, how you get all this pot, you know? I don't have connections, so maybe that's my problem, but it's like, you know, (laughs) it's illegal, and yet they're always doing it, so (laughs) how do you cultivate those kind of relationships? It grows on trees in California. Apparently. Yes. They all have a prescription. (laughs) Must be. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we go to Rabbi Ari's office And she's just She's talking to Brenda and Nate And uh, she's wondering what marriage means to them And uh, she says that Honesty is the key to a good marriage And then we see them all of a sudden Wearing some new t-shirts I think we all need (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts Just a nice label Those are pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) Yep Uh, (laughs) That was funny (laughs) Um, Yuri pops by the flower shop to see Nikolai. They uh, talk a little bit of Russian while uh, Ruth looks on. He tries. To, uh, Nikolai tries to hand Yuri just some, a little bit of money, and uh, Yuri isn't satisfied with that. He says, uh, "You guys remember what he says?" <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back like Terminator. No? I know, and I thought, "Oh, buddy, you need the uh, shades. You can't pull off Terminator without the shades. Come on." <laughs> I, I thought that was great. I love Nikolai speaking Russian. I know if somebody out there speaks Russian, I want to know what was said. Okay, somebody, please, anybody. Yeah, it wasn't in the subtitles. So mm-hmm. It just went blank. It didn't even show Russian language in there. And I don't like what Nikolai said to Ruth. Mind your own business, woman. I hate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't be calling yeah, me. Yeah, he. I don't like him like I used to because he's turning know, he's into a male chauvinist pig. 
He used to be fun and carefree well, and passionate, and now he's like, I don't know, just kind of a jerk. Well, he's scared everyone's by the mob, to be fair. But everyone's still. a jerk this season, and it's really annoying the crap out of me. Well, is okay. Nikolai, is he embarrassed? Is he humiliated because this is uh, emasculating him, or is he trying to push Ruth away because he's trying to protect her from this element oh i think it's more the former yeah me too um i mean the thing is here des you're saying that you don't like nikolai much lately i i think he's always been kind of uh, his own like male i mean the way he really came onto ruth constantly um in the beginning it was as if like that was nikolai with no worries, and now we see Nikolai with worries, and it's like okay. the it gets a little bit more. That's you know, my issue. I jerky. there are some characters that I don't want to see too much into their life, like Nikolai, like Keith. You know, I don't want to see into their life. I don't care. I just want them to be, you know, only having to do with the Fishers and not sort of window you know, dressing. Yeah, kind of. I yeah. mean, I'm okay with them as characters in the show, but once we start delving into their lives and learning more about them, I just stop caring about. You know, it's just too much. I don't like them anymore. Yeah, I can understand that. There's there are many shows that that go in that direction. Are like, okay, well, let's build out the ensemble a little bit and uh, get into you know what makes uh, this person who is a friend of the main character tick. And, yeah. Uh, well, I guess they're trying to introduce some some uh, reason for friction between Ruth and Nikolai. I mean, I suppose mm-hmm. that's the reason behind this whole side plot. But yeah, I mean, if we were going into Carla's life a, a bit too much, oh, I, I would be I'd be like, it'd be even oh. worse. <laughs> but I mean, Nikolai is you know in somewhat of a relationship with Ruth, and Keith, of course, is a, a big figure in David's life, so. I'm not, I, I, I would, I consider myself a little more patient about it, but, you know. I'm just, I'm just so not enjoying this season that I'm having a hard time finding things I like about it. <laughs> okay. See, I, the first I, time I watched this episode, I, I was in a negative frame of mind about it, and then I rewatched and found more positive things in it, so we'll see what we pluck out as we go along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm interested to hear what you say about it, definitely, because the way you said that you're kind of... Meh, and then you were kind of, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and I was talking to um, my dad because, you know, he started watching, watching Fisher Cast and he got up to like. You know, Fisher Cast? Six feet under. Right, six feet every, under. Time, every time. Every time. I love it. It's no longer called Six Feet Under. It's now officially called Fisher You know what, Des? I find myself doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I do that. Anyways, he started watching Six Feet Under and he got into season three and then he stopped because uh, he just, um, he, he had my mom watch the pilot recently and she really liked the pilot. So um, she, so he said he's going to stop there and wait till she catches up, you know, not watch any more ahead. But I was telling him, I was talking to him today about it. I was telling him, I'm really not enjoying the end of season two. You know, I'm just, it's, it's not great. I don't like all these storylines. And he's like, well, see, he said, don't worry, season three gets better. So I'm Yay, hoping. Yay, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Wow. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if he would have said it was worse, uh, you know, worse than uh, season. Oh my two, god! Don't tell me Spike had... comes back and we suddenly see Spike <laughs> with Nate. 
<laughs> wrong show, wrong show. Spoilers. That would be great, actually. <laughs> Shirtless bike. <sighs> <laughs> well, that's good, Des, because uh, I was I was worried. I was worried that uh, Moyer and I would be on our own after. <laughs> she do. She'd abandon ship. I really want to like it, and I'm really just having a hard time with it right now. And it just it's frustrating to me because I really enjoyed season one, and mm-hmm. you know even the beginning of season two I was okay with, but it's just lately I'm just it's a chore to watch. But yeah, well, sometimes I won't all, give up. Even, even our favorite shows can be like that, you know. So um, <clears throat> true, that is I, true. I will continue to woo you back to. <laughs> to <you know. laughs> all right. So the next scene, uh, Brenda argues to Nate in the church. There, I think they're in. Yeah, I think it's a Rabbi Ari's church. Must be mm-hmm. that um, Nate or that privacy and mystery are sometimes better than honesty. And then that that gets Nate to confess, um, and uh, he tells her all about the baby, and she doesn't know what to feel. She says she feels numb, and she doesn't know what to do with the info. And then she walks off. Okay, so there's one one of the um, instances that when I rewatched it, I actually appreciated a whole lot more because what struck me was I thought, okay, fine, we finally have an opportunity for Nate to come clean, and he mans up and he does it. And yeah, maybe yeah. he should have done it sooner, but at least he finally did it. And he did it mm-hmm. in this very calm way. And when I looked at his expression at the end of it, he sort of looked like he was just waiting for the knife to fall, you know, mm-hmm. from her, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite true, quite true to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I looked at that scene yeah, and thought, okay, that's sure. pretty good. I, I, well, I figured think- he would. Go ahead, Steph. No, go ahead. Okay, I, I figured he would eventually tell her. I'm glad that he went ahead and got it over with because, I mean, to me, the character of Nate, he seems like someone who would, you know, not keep that a secret forever because mm-hmm. um, he doesn't seem like, you know, that much of a jerk. But um, what surprised me was that Brenda consented to marriage counseling from a rabbi. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just Me well, the fact that it was marriage counseling, first of all, I, I'm surprised she went to. And then second, from the rabbi, <laughs> you know. Well, no, I think that's just a given. It's like if you get married in the Catholic Church, you have to go to premarital classes. Same with Anglicans. That's just how it works. So I think So is he getting we... married in the temple? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> oh, no, they're getting married on a bluff. No, they were not. They're getting married outside on the bluff, but he wants the rabbi to bury them. And I guess that it's her role that if she marries them, then she has to kind of counsel them a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I was surprised I that uh, that Brenda went along with it. I thought it was a well, funny, a cute little eye think- roll. Sorry, when when, Nate, when Brenda was challenging um, Rabbi Arian whether or not you know she'd ever been married, and Nate gives this great little eye roll, and I thought, yeah, here we go, Brenda. You just have to be <laughs> difficult, don't you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but do y'all think that Brenda was uh, relieved, kind of, to hear that Nate was keeping something since she's keeping something from him? I think she should have told him at that time, and now waiting is bad. I agree, and I, I really, it. I know they want to do it for dramatic reasons, but it, it again, to be more true or whatever to their <clears throat> their marital cause, it would have been good if she'd opened up. Then that's a perfect opportunity for her to do it, really. I, it would have been good, but I mean, honestly, I think I think what happens is totally Brenda. I mean, you know, spoilers on the rest of the episode, but <laughs> she first 
goes to the one support system that you know she's clung to all her life, which is her brother. Mm-hmm. And then that she can't get that, then she's like gets into self destructive mode, you know, and she starts doing drugs, uh, smoking a lot of weed, and then you know what happens later, we'll, which we can be uh, outraged in a group <laughs> about when we get there. So. I feel mm-hmm. I feel like that was her chance to be forgiven because right. Um, right. if she if she would have laid out all her cards on the table, two wrongs cancel each other out. I mean, technically, two wrongs don't make a right. But the fact that he's confessing that he was unfaithful, if she would have confessed that she was unfaithful, I think he could have forgiven her. But it, now that she's waited and held on to this and she's and it'll probably come out later. I don't think she's going to have that, you know, free get out of jail free card anymore. Because, you know, she didn't tell him when she had this opportunity, this one opportunity. So. Right. Okay, well, let's go to the next scene. Um, uh, David's lawyer is looking over the lawsuit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're screwed. Yeah, that's it. They're screwed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they need to settle. Um, so, and then Nate, of course, is late to all this. And David is really pissed at him. But Nate all of a sudden and- says, I don't want to deal with it. Go ahead. And that's when David says, you know, well, you know, for crying out loud, I've got a child now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's actually thinking. Oh, about my God. Give me a break. That he has. <laughs> that's not your, that's not your well, child. No, I think that was great that he's, he's oh. about, uh, uh, what's his face? Taylor. Taylor, Taylor and the Keith. uncle. Keith. Yes. Uh, but seriously, I have a child now. Come on. So he thinks they're this happy little family now and that she's their baby and everything's all hunky-dory wrong. Dilute. Hey, you know, uh, this is the same person that, you know, has dreams of uh, being interviewed by Lisa Gibbons on Entertainment Tonight <laughs> about how happy of a couple they are. So, See, once again, I, I think that's more about him starting to man up a little bit and, uh, you know, decide what he wants. He sure think, lashes out at his brother. I think We're he lives in a wonderland. He, <laughs> he lives in a wonderland. That's that's all I think about it. He does not live in the real world. Des, your body's a wonderland. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Robin. You're just I was thinking of that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, ah, John Mayer, tie into Buffy season three again. Okay. Um, Ruth talks to Gary. Somebody's going to get that. Ruth <laughs> talks to Gary Deitman, and uh, Ruth thinks that Claire's depressed. So some of uh, what she said to Bernard said to her in last episode, yep, she's it's now bugging her. And Gary disagrees. He says that Claire needs her life to be meaningful. And uh, she says, who doesn't? She doesn't know how easy she's had it. So uh, <laughs> Gary gives Ruth the brochure for Lack Arts, uh, which is... I guess a art college of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what lack stands for. I just, I see lack and I'm like, well, it means uh, lake in French. Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, Los Angeles community. Uh, community. I don't know. College, Col- Los Angeles cultural. college. Okay. <sighs> Sorry, Los Angeles underoos. I just didn't figure that one out. I thought <laughs> I saw lack and I think of lactate. And I'm about yeah, those. me too. <laughs> So, uh, but, Gary okay, turned, last, last episode, Bernard, Bernard, he, he diagnoses a complete stranger in two minutes. And now Gary Deepman is diagnosing yeah. Ruth in five minutes. I, and I wrote the same thing down, busy. Steph. It's just dumb, isn't it? I, 
I I agree. I noticed too. And you know what, though? I'm glad that he told her, you know, that he doesn't think that Claire is depressed because I really don't think she is either. I mean, she's a teenager. Of course, she'll be depressed. Right. She's Debbie Downer, you know? She's she's surly. She's (laughs) she's kind of emo. Yeah. A a little emo, yeah. (laughs) You know Um, what, though? I mean, Bernard doesn't know Ruth. Or Claire from a hole in the wall. Gary's been hearing for months all the okay. all the stories that Claire's been telling her about her family. So yes, but you would think he would say, "Okay, what I'm hearing is through the lens of the 17 year old." You know that she yeah, may but... not be giving me an accurate picture. Yeah, because yeah, personally, she's... I don't diagnose parents with depression based on what their teenagers tell me. Right. Why I don't have a doctorate. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh. So, yeah, Brenda's trying to get a hold of Billy. She's really upset. Won't pick up the phone. Then we go to uh, Mr. Charles, who is just staring down David. (laughs) Um, Lucille seems to be a bit nice. Uh, And then Keith comes out and kisses David, uh, apparently to upset his dad. Oh, his dad is the chief from Grey's Anatomy. Exactly. This is our Grey's Anatomy crossover. Yay! Yay! It's an X-Files crossover, too, but I won't talk about that because there might be an intro cast in the future well there will be but you know i don't want to say anything because there are people listening uh, so, <laughs> yeah they want to take taylor to san diego and it's not about comic-con um <laughs> they think that they can provide her more stability and surprisingly keith agrees i couldn't believe that and i wrote down uh, desk yeah. cheers desk cheers yep yep <laughs> i said finally a way out get her out of here <laughs> Des is like, can Keith go too? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> take him while you're at it. Exactly. <laughs> Nate is uh, bummed out watching TV when uh, Rabbi Ari stops by. Uh, it's funny. I wrote pops by B U Y. That's how I take notes. Apparently, um, <laughs> <laughs> she she wants to. Wants Nate to help with her a friend's uh, pre need. Uh, he says she sees that Nate is upset and invites herself in. And Nate- sorry, every time they say pre need, all I can hear is preemie, like a premature baby. <laughs> Confuses the heck out of me every time. <laughs> I, it, I I I suppose it's like a prenup. Yeah, pre need. Before I get it. Before marriage, before death. Um. So yeah, Nate has trouble being honest with women, but not. Ari and she says that's because I'm completely unavailable to you and um, <laughs> they start talking about fatherhood and she says that actions have consequences and uh, it's a it's a blessing that he even knows about it and then she holds his hand until it gets a little awkward no 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 says, no 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 she doesn't hold his hand oh, he, he reaches her for in? her hand and she slips hers away oh sorry I must <laughs> it's significantly different <laughs> yes you're right <laughs> She says to give Brenda time, and Brenda is taking some time at some rundown coffee shop, milling it over, apparently. Uh, then we go to Rico rubbing in how much business Vanessa gives Fisher and Sons. Okay, yeah, but after the smarmy rubbing in thing, after that, in this scene, after that, I almost like him again. Really? Well, because he does the right thing. He's true. You know how he was talking in an earlier episode about... How the corpses speak to him. He has a sense of who they are kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he feels this obligation to do what is right by them. 
but he even puts, even if it puts his wife in a precarious position. No, but it's it's the medical examiner's job to 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 discover wrongdoing. It's not but his position. It's not his job. But they didn't. Well, so I, I, I think it's great that he cared that, enough to notice. Yes, I appreciate that, and the fact that he needed to report it. I think that's really good. But he's still a big fat douchebag. <laughs> Uh, and Steph, have you ever seen Cold Case? There you go. All right. So, uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> it's made by the creator of The Killing. How could you not watch it? Uh, <laughs> That's no longer a good endorsement. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, so Claire asks Ruth if Parker can sleep over. Ruth tells Claire that Nikolai is losing interest in her. And uh, she says, give him some space. And Ruth says he doesn't know how to take care of himself and he needs my help. In her evil shrieky voice. Boy, I hate that <laughs> shrieky voice. It's, sometimes she's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Now we go to uh, Aaron Buckbinder. The bitter dying guy. Yeah. Wait! I want to talk about this because um, what's his face? Peter Krause was in this wonderful show called Dirty Sexy Money a couple years mm-hmm. ago. And this guy, the actor, um, played oh, his creative. he played his brother, Brian Darling. He was a reverend. He was absolutely hilarious. The best thing on that show. He was very bitter and very sarcastic and just so funny. Also, Lincoln Lee was on that show. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But there you go, dirty sexy money, um, tie there. So bitter dying guy, bitter reverend guy. He does bitter really well, is what you're telling us. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he really does. And dirty sexy money, well worth the watch, um, just for him alone. Oh, and as I'm watching this, I write down, you know, pancreatic cancer, and honestly, God, I wrote down, uh oh, six months tops. And like two minutes later, he's the character says, most people have six months to live. <laughs> and I'm like, excellent, that's that's accurate. Very good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Nate, it, I wrote here. Uh, Nate can't deal with his negativity. He starts to leave. Aaron apologizes. He says he has pancreatic cancer, and then Nate starts looking glum again. <laughs> but he doesn't look nearly sick enough for a guy who's had pancreatic cancer for a year. Just, you know, FYI. Yeah, I agree. They can't get everything right. No, come I mean, on. I just don't understand. Special effects. Come on. What, what's the, what was the point of Nate going to see this uh, bitter dying guy? Um, well... To build up his connection with the Reverend Airy, maybe? I don't know. It could be that. It could be, I mean, he's, this, is, this is another thing where, I mean, Nate still has AVM, you know, and he's yeah. dealing with that. And he thinks he's going to die any second. It was a bit, you know what, I think it calls back to, um, hang on, when Airy says, all our actions have consequences we may not even be aware of often. But they exist nonetheless. And Nate kind of echoes that back to Bitter Dying Guy and says, because when the guy said nobody would care if he was dead, and Nate says, how do you know that? So maybe it's just to show us that he's mulling this over and thinking about it. I don't know. I liked, I liked when she said that because I'm a firm believer in everybody being responsible for their own actions and everything you do has consequences and you need to take a responsibility for what you do and not, you know, be a I also cat. liked it because I've found there are times in life when um, you find out years later that something you did or said did have a consequence and sometimes a really positive one and it's kind of th- that's just a really neat 
thought to me. It's a, it's um, sort of comforting and mystical all at once, but it's a, it's a cool notion to realize that, that you may have influences you're not even aware of. So it's kind of cool. Hmm. Nice. See? Positivity, uh, okay? I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm just not basking in it. <laughs> you're not going to burst my bubble. <laughs> okay, so the next scene that is hectic, and I think the, I think the medical examiner as well, um, they start putting together that it may have been Vanessa and Dolores' fault that this, uh, this went unnoticed. See, I think it's because... <sighs> well, let's review it's because because it's my... <laughs> yeah, my job. Excuse, right, stuff. <laughs> there's so much about fault in my job that I'm like, if we can just move away from putting any blame on the healthcare worker, mm-hmm. if we can just move on from that and detract from that, then yeah. But no, then you got stupid people who sue over nothing all the time. I mean, I th- I think okay, look, Vanessa and the other little worker probably. They work in a nursing home. They hardly ever have to run a code, okay, in real life. They're not used to this. They were, they were rattled by it. They, you know, probably forgot to look in her airway. Or to be fair, even if they looked in her airway, which is the first part of ABCs when you resuscitate somebody, even if they did that, that stupid hot dog was thrust so far down, I don't think they would have seen it on casual glance. So I agree with you, Steph. I kind of think, you know what, they probably did the best they could with where their heads were at. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really blame them. I don't like Vanessa and everything, but you know, I I didn't blame them because something like that. It, you know, it, and when you're dealing with that kind of situation, it, it can be overlooked by someone who's not you know uh, doing that all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's stressful for See, them. See, in my job, we have people who family member. I mean, I believe that you should be paying attention to what's going on with your loved one, asking questions, being uh active in the care for your loved one being the people who are being an advocate but when mm-hmm. you're writing down everything everybody does because you're looking for somebody to mess up so you can blame see that's just yeah that's not helpful that's the it's bad not. part that's the bad part of my job yeah. yeah because people rarely meaning practitioners caregivers rarely intend to harm you know yeah and mm-hmm. people need to remember that but anyway, yeah. But there's a lot of people who are very, I don't know, paranoid, thinking mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as but on a, the flip side of things, obviously, you know, there's obviously there has to be some sort of check and balance to the whole thing. You know, it's it's not. But you know, as an aside, looking back at the opening sequence again, I remember when I watched it the first time. I was thinking, boy, that hot dog's really prominent. I mean, having no idea that it was going to be a murder mm-hmm. weapon, right? <laughs> and then, and then also people. Go ahead, Maura. No, I was just going to say, and then when they pan back, like when Vanessa and her little Dolores or whoever, when they yeah. come in, if you look carefully, that hot dog is noticeably absent from yes, the fun. Yeah, I, was, I, I forgot to ask, did you guys, did any of you guys notice? Did you get did, I did not, but as soon as he pulled it out of her throat, I remembered seeing it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't notice it was missing the second time. Me either. I, I noticed I, its presence, but not its absence. I so think that think was maybe... when I was writing down, oh, goody, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking it was another fake-out death initially. Like, I was thinking, obviously, it was the first lady who was going to be dead, not not the one who yeah. was moaning. So I, at first no, I was kind of annoyed collapses. they did another fake-out, but they did a murder. And another thing that what's sad is 
that a lot of people, a lot of old people will say things like that for like attention. Mm-hmm. They don't really mean it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have family members who will ask their loved ones, you know, do you want to die? Do you want us to let you go? And that's not fair to ask that mm-hmm. because in certain situations it could couldn't it might not be the truth or it might not be how how that person actually feels yeah it's kind of just how they're expressing their overall discomfiture with the situation or their overall depression or however you want to phrase it right it's not necessarily a true wish right. yeah so do you guys right. think maybe she like she like smothered her with a pillow or something or or did you even think that ramona killed her at first no not at first Okay. Not until I saw that hot dog. Yeah, I didn't wow. know until he pulled the drippy, gross, disgusting hot dog out of his throat. <laughs> Steph, Steph, I didn't hear at all what you thought. Do you I can't it? remember. It's, yeah. it's been so long since I first watched this episode because I watched it. I've seen it like three times lately. Uh, I ugh. think I assumed. Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. Skip me. <laughs> all right. So the next scene, uh, Ruth asks Yuri how much Nikolai owes him. She wants to pay, and he says $87,000. And so she pulls out this gigantic bag of cash. Well, she's just well, carrying she, around. She acted like she was surprised at the number, but then yet she had all that cash you know, with her, obviously, in preparation for this. Right. I, I did, it's just that. And I just wrote, I wrote down, oh my God, meaning, oh my God, Ruth, on so many levels. What are you doing paying yeah. back Yuri without discussing it with Nikolai? That's totally emasculating. Mm-hmm. Also, what the hell? It's not like you're committed to this man and you're going to give him $87,000? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I was trying to buy his glove. I was, merely, I was worried mostly for her safety. I mean, she gives him his, her, her full name and then she, you see that she has more money there in that bag that he could have easily just said, you know, just pulled a gun and said, give me all that money. I, I thought of that, too. Well, but, hey, Yuri's an honorable crook. <laughs> yeah, those mobsters, they yeah, have She was just being foolish all the way around. <laughs> I love the way he says, I would take a check from you, Ruth Fisher. <laughs> I love that. Um, we go to Brenda, who is doing some bong hits and... Thinking back about uh, her parents' little parties. I think she could teach me because I know not of the bong. I think she could teach me really well how to do that. I could teach you. (laughs) I love the child actress that they get to play Brenda in these scenes. She just looks like, I don't know, she looks so like completely unhappy and like kind of also like uh, half demonic as well. She looked like she one. could be. She looked like she could be related. Um, the second time it showed her, I looked at her. I was like, "Wow, she does look a little bit like you know uh, the actress who plays Brenda." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we go to uh, Des's favorite character, Carla. <laughs> uh, I everybody's favorite character. I should say. <laughs> that was her. Did more than one actress play? Does does more than one actress play Carla? No, I don't think no. so. It's the same actress. Okay. Because she looks yeah. so different. She just looks crappy or maybe when she's strung it's... out better when she's cleaned up. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's the the character of Carla is so uh, such an archetype, such a stereotypical yeah. druggy that she looks like a lot of different people to me. Maybe. Maybe. Well, she's pleading with Keith not to send Taylor to t- San Diego. Um, again, dad was abusive. 
And uh, oh, he says that's how no. they raised kids back then, but he's changed. And Carla says <laughs> people would... don't change, they get older. I was on Keith's side with this. She's like, look how I turned out. Uh, Keith's like, well, look how I turned out. You know, just because you were in a bad situation, that's not the blame for all your problems. See, I wasn't not on Keith's side. <laughs> not everybody. Well, I mean, okay, he maybe not sending Taylor off, but still, the fact that he said, you know, that that's not really the only blame for uh, why she uh, is uh, the way she is. I'm no, I agree sorry. with that. But all I could, I wrote down, why would you let them have Taylor? If you know your father's way of raising you was abusive and, and vicious and brutal, why would you give him a little girl to raise? Mm-hmm. It's possible he has changed. You know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah, grandkids, yeah, I'm with Carla. Grandparents treat their grandchildren differently than they did their children. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. is true. I, I, I have seen that. <laughs> um, but like I do feel does. like that David and Keith would be, she would be better off with them. Yeah. The I'd like to take Des to task for what she said earlier. What I, <laughs> I say? Look how I turned out, and that's a good thing for Keith. Even even criticizing yeah, Keith all I this mean, time. He's a cop. He's not a druggie. He's, he's you he's, know what I mean. He was in the same situation she was. It's just like people who were abused as children and now they're on a murder spree. Well, guess what? Other people were abused as children and they aren't on a murder spree. So you cannot just well, blame but, that. I mean, come on. Carla, well, no, yeah, but, she, she coped with drugs, using drugs, but Keith is te- definitely is not a, a stable person. No, he's coping by, in some ways, mimicking what his father did. Mm-hmm. In that he's controlling and, and he's treating David like a doormat. So neither one of them is, is okay. He, he is getting through life without going to jail or being on drugs. So to me, he's a success compared to Carla. You know what All I mean? Right. It's What I'm saying is that he is much better than she is, in my opinion. I there you go. Right. I said but it. Everybody's different. Everybody's personalities are different. And one person can go through a situation and become a stronger person. And one person is not as strong and it. And life then just kicks them and then that's them. your fault. Your fault, not the situation. You know what I mean? But I'm it just, is what it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, not completely. I mean, that's, like I know a family who had a crazy mother, and there's five kids, and three kids turned out very well. Two people are just did not turn out well at all, and it's just their personalities. And just well, it is they, what it is. They got the short end of the personality stick, must be. You know? That's just... But moving well, on, in the next scene, we see somebody we, we love to have come back, right? David Fisher, how the hell are you? <laughs> I love it, Mitzi! <laughs> I love Yay. Mitzi. She's, she's the best character in the show these days. She's awesome. <laughs> Oh, she, you know, she so takes no prisoners. She makes no excuses. She makes no apologies. She's just yeah. such a breath of fresh air. It's awesome. She, I want to be like her when I grow up. <laughs> I know what you keep saying. It's awesome. I can see that. She's, uh, she's kick ass, isn't she? Yeah, she really is. She's tough. So, oh, so I know. Smart. And when Nate tries to turn around on her with the old, I don't know how you sleep at night. How do you look yourself in the mirror yeah. thing? Whatever. And she just doesn't take any of that crap from him. <laughs> I, that, I I honestly thought that 
I could see a, a, a like a glimmer of sadness in her as she was storming out of the place. Like she was putting on her big show. Oh, you don't have the best of me, but I could you could see a little sadness in her I eyes. I think there was either. too. I do think there was too. But then she puts back on oh. her shell and her armor and she goes. With her little mm-hmm. flick of the wrist. Did you catch that little flick of the wrist? Yeah. I love that. I hope not because I don't want her to care <laughs> what they think of her. <laughs> I want her to be stronger than that. Fierce. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we see that Mitzi's actually the one behind all this. She's probably pushed Mrs. Collins to uh, uh, take up this lawyer. She's paying the legal fees, and uh, yeah. Of course so she is. Yeah. Her latest plan is in action. Um, Ruth uh, tells her boys that the money is all gone, and they can't even believe Ugh. it. And then all of a sudden, Claire and Parker giggle by. <laughs> <laughs> Giggly Parker uh, is pretty funny. <laughs> hi again. Everybody's mm-hmm. high this episode. But, oh, my God, they those shrooms turned them into, like, total hippies, you know, uh, lovey-dovey hippies. It was they're ridiculous. So, yeah, they're so positive about everything, and they're so... They're so wide-eyed and entranced with every concept. It's hilarious to watch. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I can't comment on this without incriminating myself, so I'll keep going. I have uh, never done shrooms, just for the record. Me either. I so really, Robin, I think you should tell us if this what? is accurate. Yeah, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> we all know you did it, Robin. Unless, of course, Stephanie has. Maybe Stephanie can tell oh, us. Oh, no, that. Lord, no. I have no idea. <laughs> We've got shroom virgins and one sage wise shroom user. So, you know. (laughs) I will will tell you, I saw a friend do it once and they were acting just that way. And I think they were like feeling the same kind of feelings. Uh, uh. (laughs) What feelings? Euphoria? Yeah, just like everything's a big deal. Like uh, when they start talking about, like, can you believe? People back then, you know, like she started talking about the, how life was back then. Yeah, it, it, we grew our own food and we, we slaughtered our own animals. And oh, I'd like to live back then. <laughs> Just yeah. really stop. I, I, it's very true too. <laughs> uh, hallucinogenics, I believe. So I believe. let's assume that the writers of Six Feet Under are well versed in the, uh, you know, the the euphoric effects Drugs. of shrooms, the effects of ecstasy, the effects of marijuana and alcohol, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and and the actresses as well. Uh, I, I think they, especially uh, especially Claire, uh, really looked a lot like. I, mean, I maybe they were coached like. Make your eyes open really wide and make yourself feel like you're full of all this just ready to burst out kind of stuff. Like, well, it like tickled my funny fluffy, bone. So I, fluffy cloud, yeah. Yeah, fluffy cloud. I was pleased to see that. <laughs> it was cute. Um, yeah, so Claire wants to make something, so they pull out the old sewing machine. <laughs> oh, my God. Best pants ever. Oh, and they jingle. <laughs> They were so awesome. Nate calls Brenda, gets the answer machine. Then we go to uh, David visiting Mrs. Collins. And uh, Mrs. Collins tells David that his troubles aren't her problem. And do you even have a point? Uh, I loved, I loved, I loved David in that scene. Yeah, David tells her right off. her what's what. He grew giant testicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. It was great. It was. Uh, we haven't seen him snap like that, I don't think, since, no. uh, what's his face? Mike from Twin Peaks. 
Nobody. Nobody. Gary Hirschberger. What the heck no, is his name? Gilardi. There we go. God, I'm the worst host in the world. Oh, right. Okay. Six feet under fans were like, why? Oh, yeah. He was using this? his Dexter eyes again, wasn't he? Uh-oh. In this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. He, he tells her, she, you allowed yourself to be a punching bag. Now you want us to pay for it. And uh, the lawsuit's going to cost my family our business. And then she all of a sudden rips it up and orders him out. So uh, I guess her conscience went out. I, I think uh, maybe she was talked into this by Mitzi, and she doesn't want to go all the way with it. She has a bit of of a conscience, after all. You guys buy that all right? Yeah, I think it was probably yeah. not really her idea. Though she probably uh, got some dollar signs in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And she seems like the type who would, because she was the one shopping for a bargain in the first place. So yeah. <laughs> that was believable. <laughs> so... <laughs> Brenda's smoking a joint on her porch. What a surprise. Someone's getting high in this episode. When these two dudes walk by and they ask her for a joint, she replies by pulling her shirt off and walking in the house, leaving leaving the door open. It works for me. You know, really, Robin, I don't know why you're so shocked by this. (laughs) Come on. The dudes. It works for you. It works for you. Is that what you do, Moira? All the time. Yeah, it does. You know, I just lure them in off the street, you know, whenever I'm bored. Like, like I said in the Facebook group, um, <laughs> I'm the liar. Moira is the whore. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even imagine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, I looked up these two young actors, and uh, apparently one of them is uh, was a major character on One Tree Hill. I've never watched the show, but neither. Isn't um, that a Chris and Boston show? That is a Chris and Boston show. <laughs> we can but ask. Six uh, Feet Under yeah. is not, so <laughs> <laughs> you'll never know the crossover connection. Apparently, um, so uh, Parker is trying on her new top and admiring <laughs> her boobies, and uh, so am I. Um, Claire has made pants with little bells. <laughs> oh my god, I love those pants. They're just they're just twenty shades of awesome, really, given the state they were in. It's perfect. They <laughs> they look like um they look like something a jester would wear like at a medieval fair. Well, or she something. calls them Harlequin prints later, right? So yeah. 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 And actually mm-hmm. I saw seriously, I saw in a shop window not two weeks ago a woman's jacket. That was made very much like that. It looked like it was quilted out of a million different fabrics. And it was hideous. <laughs> Those pants were nicer than this. Although there were no bells on the jacket. But hey. <laughs> I love that she gives them to um, gives Ruth. them to Ruth. Yes. And yeah. She, and poor Ruth. She's like, she, she accepts them and wears them. And yeah, I well, love her for that. I absolutely loved her for wearing them. It makes her so happy that Claire shows her that she loves her, tells her she loves her, tells her she's beautiful. You know, just earlier uh, when Claire tells Ruth that Parker's coming over, she's like, do you want me to get you frozen pizza and some movies? It's, I don't know, Ruth is reaching out to Claire, but she's done it the wrong way or something. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what Ruth could do for Claire to uh, make a connection like they had when I they can, went early in season one to the sister's house i can tell they, you what she can do down, she can what? she can buy her some more shrooms and keep her high all the time because apparently she's very loving when, <laughs> when you <laughs> give her shrooms 
I think it's like what she said to the student counselor, Gary, earlier about how your parents always embarrass you. And, um, you know, Claire's just in that teenage mode where her mom, in a way, can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Ruth is shrill and difficult in her own, you know, I know all that. But part of it is Claire, Claire won't uh, cut Ruth any slack, I think. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so back to the HBO show. Um, <laughs> uh, short dude is lighting a joint while uh, Brenda is getting banged from behind by a tall dude. Hell and yeah. And then her uh, younger self is looking on kind of upset. My note to myself says, Brenda getting fucked is not awesome. (laughs) Really, it's not. There's nothing awesome about that. It's kind of pathetic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good word, Steph. Pathetic. It looked like a good time to me, but you know. (laughs) Jesus. You think Brenda looked like she was enjoying that? (laughs) No, no. But it looked like a good time to me. You know, I I think I would have had fun. But, uh, you know, Brenda, she just wasn't enjoying it. Uh, Keith is arguing with David about Taylor. Keith wants to be ready for kids. David thinks uh, um, his anger is coming from his father, treating him like a doormat, just like Keith does to him. And then Keith orders him to sleep. <laughs> uh, and then we go to... The, no comments. Then we go to the uh, back to Brenda's apartment where she boots the dudes out. One asks for her number and she says... <laughs> What, so we can start dating now? <laughs> that, I love that. <laughs> That's great. And we definitely see at the end of this that Brenda is in some severe self-hatred mode. Um, I wonder why. Vanessa comes home from the police uh, department. Uh, she's been there all night being waiting to be questioned, and then she got questioned. Rico thinks she's liable. <laughs> And uh, Vanessa is not very happy with him, especially since she got fired. She's she's mad. She's not mad at him for discovering it, but she's mad she has to find another shitty job. No comments. <laughs> Moving on. I'm sorry. Were we supposed to care about this? <laughs> <laughs> so Ruth comes and we're all out. blowing on her nails and looking at the ceiling. And just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ruth comes out the next morning with her new pants on. <laughs> And, yes, uh, love it. Claire says that someone else made them. And Ruth says that you have real talent, Claire, and gives her the brochure for Lack Arts. And I like when didn't she say something about? Um, she's like said you don't you don't should, you don't have to wear those. And she's like, oh, wear them every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was great. <laughs> um, Keith challenges Mister Charles over uh, taking Taylor to San Diego. Dad gets uh, upset by this, makes a bit of a threatening move, and Keith dares him to try. And then Mr. Charles storms out. Okay. In all, you know, actuality, I think that David and Keith would do a better job raising Taylor than her um, than Keith's parents. However, I just want her off the show. So <laughs> I would like them to send him off with them to San Diego. <laughs> That's it. I think we're divided on this. I love Taylor, so... I could care less. No, I could not care less. I could not care less. hate I children. I do. I hate children. I think she's a spunky Because I have them in real life. I, I, yeah. I That's the problem. Them. Sometimes the kids are just a little too spunky, and it just annoys me. Yeah, see, I kind of like her. <laughs> so Nikolai is mad at Ruth. 
uh, Robbie scolds her for solving other people's problems without asking. I like and how he, he calls call- her cupcake. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I he like how he calls, calls her, her out. Yeah. yeah. He calls her Coey, codependent. Yeah. And uh, she said the family helps each other out. And Robbie says, I wasn't aware Nikolai was family. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm. Thank you. Exactly, Robbie. Preach on, Robbie. Yeah. Um, Tell her the plan, Robbie. I mean, wait. No. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Claire's embarrassed over the whole pants incident <laughs> and her mother. <laughs> oh, Claire! And, uh, Gary, Gary, and his girlfriend broke up, and or maybe his wife. Okay. I wasn't clear about that. Sorry? that, that is that Claire going to have an inappropriate relationship with her counselor? That's what I was wondering I too, Steph. I don't. I hope See, not. We had that little issue. We had that little issue back when he was saying that, you know, there was something and she was like, what, what, what? I don't think she's into him. No, I we think, think he's into her. He's, right. Yeah. And now if this is what's going to happen next for Claire, God, because uh, the sense I got awkward. <laughs> yeah. The sense I got from the scene was that he was kind of wondering, but not that Claire was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is creepy. Just yeah, Gary, I go find another her- real up. Please. <laughs> Sucking perv. So, uh, or Parker. Parker would happily have sex with him. <laughs> there Parker, you no go. <laughs> um, so Nate tells Ruth that the wedding's off, and Ruth immediately says, What did she do? Ah. <laughs> and then says, Maybe it's for the best. <laughs> oh, Ruth. God. Nate succumbs to a grilled cheese sandwich made by mom. <laughs> then Brenda shows up. And she asks him if he loves Lisa, and he says no. She says that she still loves him, and she can't lose him. She, he's the sanest thing in her life. Let's work this out together, and I love you. Fade to credits. Hmm. And see, once uh, again, there's another scene them. where the first time I watched it, and I was in a dour frame of mind, <laughs> I just kind of rolled my eyes. But the second time I watched it, I actually thought... Okay, in Brenda's own weird little way, that that's the best she can do for reaching out right now. Like mm-hmm. there was enough truth in that where she's she does find him her anchor. Um and whether I find Brenda, you know, fucked up beyond yeah. recognition or not, she clearly needs to cling to that. So I you know, it left me with a little bit of hope that maybe she'll turn her back on her Philandering ways and, um, well, uh, you know, grow up a bit. Well, last week, remember with the whole scene with Ruth talking to her at the bridal shower mm-hmm. or whatever, um, we were hoping that Brenda would change her ways. I guess she didn't. But then again, her <laughs> her boyfriend just did tell her that he cheated on her and knocked up some chicks. So yeah. I guess that that one wasn't quite as bad. But uh, I wish she, I really wish she would have came clean to him when she had the chance because I'm, I'm hoping it was just over. like I'm hoping it was kind of like backsliding like she got whammied in the face with the Lisa news and so she yeah. backslid into her usual coping mechanisms and then maybe maybe she's going okay fine you know what Brenda get your shit together this is a guy you want to be with so is this now her renewing her own mental commitment to him maybe 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 I, so I hope the optimist, so I, maybe. <laughs> I think that I can forgive her if she just stops. If she yeah. stops, 
you know, now and doesn't, does, she doesn't have to tell him if she just stops and doesn't do it anymore. Right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think I could live with that too at this point. If she's finally grown up and figured it out, we can all forgive Brenda. But Brenda, you know what? You're walking on thin ice with Desiree and I. So yes. you watch your step, honey. <laughs> yes. I really think Brenda hit bottom in this episode. God, I um, And yeah. uh, now she's trying to claw her way back up. I, You know, if the first watch of this episode, I would say... I, I would think that, you know, what a fucking hypocrite, you know, getting mad at Nate. Um, and then this last scene where you're just like, you're waiting for her to say, you know, maybe, maybe this is the time now, you know, she missed her chance. Now is the time. Okay. I've thought about this. I, I, I forgive you. And here's what, what crazy shit I've been up to. But, um, then on the second glance, I, I really, I really see, I just it it's hard for me not to feel a little bit of sympathy for her, even though she's kind of gotten herself into this mess, you know. But yeah, I still feel like I don't feel like she should be too mad at Nate, considering what she's done. But I do see how damaged she is and how like it's just constantly screwing her life up. Yeah, yeah when exactly. she reaches out to Billy, you know, when she's trying to find Billy again. Yeah. That's what made me go there. I thought, okay, she's going right back to her first instincts. Exactly. And that that's where I got a little more empathy for her again. I thought, okay, yeah, fine. Yes, she screwed up, but it's the best she can do. So, so it's, yeah, it's kind of like I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, just like Des is. I'm willing to, still, hoping <laughs> that it's going to pay off. <laughs> if she can just... if. She- she can just get it together. I think um, I like that, Robin, that you think that, you know, she hit bottom here and trying to climb her way back up. I hope that's true because um, I think I like Brenda and Nate together. I just haven't liked them lately with the whole mm-hmm. the storylines they've been put into and the stupid decisions that everyone's making. Mm-hmm. You know, before before like midway through the season, I like them just fine. Like so, I like her intelligence, for instance. She's really quite a, you know, a, a smart, sassy character in a lot of ways. And and they could, yeah. the writers could play with that, and that could be really cool and interesting. So I would love to see them utilize that more because right now she's not being very smart. I agree. Well, and you said you Desiree that you didn't like them together lately, like the season. Well, this isn't. They haven't been together. They're never together. They haven't had sex, but maybe like once this season when they were doing it all the time, first season. And I can't believe that Nate, even though he has going on, you know, the, the secret, that he hasn't noticed how she's pulled away from him. And uh, how he's been, getting married at this. Do what? Uh, I was going to say he's probably too wrapped up in his own issues to, to notice. Yeah. That them getting married at this time just is a bad idea mm-hmm. it is they need to work out these issues mm-hmm. they're not ready so uh so you, do you, I, I i know you guys are saying they're not ready but do you guys still think the marriage is on is it is it, is it gonna happen are we gonna get a maybe a season finale marriage or something like that oh not a season finale marriage i think that's too soon okay uh, i don't because they just had a friggin' bridal shower you don't you don't do that like six months, like you know, ahead of time. It's coming. It's coming soon. Uh, when I saw that they were doing the the bridal shower, um, I was like, "Oh crap, they're going to be getting married real soon." So mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, right. I'm not ready for them to get married. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so but do you think they're going to get married? Uh, 
I'm hoping not. But, you know, you make a good point about the bridal shower, Des. Yeah, maybe. How many episodes do we have left before the season's over? I believe two. Yeah, maybe in the second one. Maybe. Maybe it'll be the finale. Oh, God. Steph? I hope not. Maybe it'll be like Grey's Anatomy and she'll she'll cancel at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw like that Christina. Lisa was pregnant, I was so happy. I was thrilled. I was like, "Yay, something to come in between Brenda and Nate." I don't want them together. Oh, see, I do. I want them together, but I want them together like more like they were towards the, you know, end of season one, and mm-hmm. not like they are now. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we've talked enough about this episode. Let's take a quick break and. Uh, Hear from uh, your friend and mine, Mr. Christopher Kolk. Please pardon this podcast interruption, but I have a special announcement and a contest opportunity for you, the fine listeners of this program. Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford star in Cowboys and Aliens, the action-packed sci-fi western from the director of Iron Man. Now available on DVD and extended edition Blu-ray combo pack. The stranger with no memory of his past leads an unlikely posse of cowboys, outlaws, and Apache warriors against a common enemy from beyond this world. In the film, critics call wickedly original, unlike anything you've ever seen. Take home the DVD and extended edition Blu-ray combo pack today, only from Universal Studios Home Entertainment. Rated PG-13, extended edition not rated. This film is now in stores, but we're giving you the chance for it to be in your hand. Uh, It's easy to enter this Twitter contest for your chance to win a free copy of this film. Uh, Free 99, boys and girls. All you have to do is send out a tweet mentioning your favorite famous cowboys or aliens using the hashtag MyFavoriteCowboysAndAliens, spelled out A-N-D. For example, you could say, a classic, but still the best, E.T. is my favorite cowboys and aliens, A-N-D. Uh, Once again, all you have to do is send out a tweet mentioning your favorite famous cowboy or aliens and use the hashtag MyFavoriteCowboysAndAliens for your chance to win a free copy of this film. Um, So, yeah, this is a kind of a cool contest. Uh, Everybody should get involved in it. Listen to FisherCast. Yeah, Cowboys and Aliens. What does that have anything to do with Six Feet Under? Well, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> the, Absolutely uh, nothing. <laughs> the, uh, one of the makeup department artists on the episode "Out Out Brief Candle" actually was the makeup department head in Cowboys and Aliens. There's your connection, Jane Galley. Um, yeah, I, I don't know her either, but I'm sure she does a great job. And there's your connection. Uh, uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, I hope everybody gets out there and sends those tweets out, um, and maybe. Perhaps wins a DVD as a result. If you if you do win a DVD and you listen to Fishcast, we'd love to hear from you. Um, it's really up to you whether you tweet. You don't have to stick Fishercast in there or anything. You just the, my favorite cowboys and aliens um, hashtag. So let's do a quick uh, go around the table here. Uh, what's everybody's favorite cowboy? Mm, Clint Eastwood in anything. Clint Eastwood in anything. Nice. Des? Wow, you really put me on the spot. Um, what cowboys do I know? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. John <laughs> Wayne in True Grit. <laughs> uh, definitely not John Wayne in <laughs> I'm going to say Kurt Russell in Tombstone. Oh. He brought down the thunder. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> how about aliens? Oh, wait, wait. Okay. Um, how about um, I'm going to pick, um, what's his face? Oh, crap. In uh, uh, Billy the Kid and Young Guns. Oh, nice. Amelia Estevez. <laughs> yeah. Ehoo, I'll make it famous. <laughs> That's the only cowboy movie I can think of. <laughs> uh, Moira, what's your favorite alien? E.T. Yeah. Nice. E.T. E. was mentioned in the promo. Yeah. Uh, it does? Oh, fuck. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Steph? <laughs> Why did you give us this assignment ahead of time? I did at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> no, I didn't know you were going to ask us to pick our favorites like now. <laughs> did I not say that? You did no. say that. Yeah, I did no, say that. Okay. I'm sorry. My Skype was cutting out at the beginning of the call, so I obviously missed that part. Why don't you cut it out? I will. Give me my scissors. <laughs> All right. Well, this has kind of turned into crap, so... <laughs> We do hope you guys uh, 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 try out the contest and um, and yeah, that our friends. Thank you to our friends at Media Junkyard for uh, uh, getting us in on that. So, okay, I'm gonna pick one now. How about oh, now, the yeah. alien from the movie Alien? Oh All yeah, right. that's a cool yeah. alien. That was okay, very thoughtful and creative too. Thank you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fisher of the Week uh, is an award we give to our favorite Fisher family member. Uh, so let's start with our guest, Steph. Fisher of the Week. I would say David. <laughs> David? Because, okay. Because he, he is so protective of Taylor, even though it's probably a bad idea because he's probably just wanting to use this as a way to to ignore the problems that he that he's having with uh, Keith, Keith and to just pretend that everything is fine. Yeah, a baby never makes everything all better, <laughs> David. Des, what do you think? I'm going to go with Nate. Just because he told Brenda. Excellent. Uh, Moira? I picked David this week because um, because he was standing up for Taylor, because he told Keith to stop treating him like a doormat, and mostly because he did such a kick-ass job of telling off Mrs. Collins. Yeah. Well, it's going to be brother versus brother this week. I picked Nate. Uh, yes! <laughs> because, I hate when I'm the only one who picks someone different. <laughs> uh, because you know what, um, he 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 told Brenda. He seemed to put himself aside a little bit uh, when he was talking to Aaron, um, because you know at first he just was going to get up and leave, but then he just sat back down again and decided to listen to him. Put on his, you know, his uh, his uh, Fisher and Sons. Uh, costume or whatever. I don't know what you would call it. Mask. I, mask implies that it's not real. I, I think it's he's, he's genuine. Um, and uh, yeah, for uh, making Dez's uh, homegirl Mitzi feel bad about herself. Uh, <laughs> so, and I don't care. She, he did. Uh, so, so yeah, two, two, two Nates, two Davids this week. No shots. 
Uh, but a tie what? is kind of fun. That's fun. A tie is fun. I would have picked Mitzi if you would have let me. <laughs> but, but also another reason why I picked Nay is because that scene where he's in the kitchen talking to Ruth right before he she's going to make him a grilled cheese sandwich and he yeah. goes to the fridge. His ass looks so good in those jeans. <laughs> All right, moving on. Right. <laughs> I made a note. <laughs> Listener eulogies is your chance to write in to us or leave us a voicemail, and uh, we really want to hear from more of you. Um, we did get some last-minute entries, and uh, there are actually two of them. I'm going to skip over the one that Steph sent in. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was too late for last week. <laughs> yeah. You should uh, make but... her read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like a sentence. I, I, I deleted it from my email, but it might still be in FisherCast's email. I don't know. I have it's... it. Yeah. What did Steph there. say, Moira? She said, when Lisa revealed the bun in the oven, I was overjoyed. Hooray for something to come between Brenda and Nate. They need oh. to break up. <laughs> oh, she said that on the show. So, that. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's consistent. This is what we've learned. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Missy's email starts off with no spoilers, I swear. So I'm going to read this. (laughs) (laughs) I got suckered once again. I seriously thought Ramona was dead. Turns out she just killed Edith by shoving a Frank down her throat. Who calls it a Frank? Silly Um, Australians. (laughs) Scary old woman. Not, not you. you, I was reading your, your email. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank God in trying to help Claire Nikolai. Ruth realized she needed help of her own. Still don't care for her, but at least she's making progress. Score Aunt Sarah's Godzilla jar housed housed shrooms, LOL. Speaking of, I loved everything about the girls doing mushrooms. They were so cute. From Parker calling Claire's room beautiful to Claire being super excited to sew stuff. Yeah, say that. fast. Uh, I really thought when Parker kept asking what Claire wanted to do, that it was going to lead to a quick kiss. Alas, it just led to some really kishy renaissance pants. Um, or kitschy? Kitschy? Kitschy. Kitschy. Did you guys pick up any sort of uh, girl-on-girl possibilities? Nope. No. Nuh-uh. Nope, and I have good antenna for that. Nope. <laughs> All right. Ha! The liar and whore t-shirts were funny. Though I think they both could have been switched. Brenda lies too, and let's face it, Nate's a bit of a man whore. <laughs> I'll be back like Terminator, no? Yuri, <laughs> lol. Mr. Charles isn't just a bully, he's a homophobe too, and I don't like seeing James Pickens Jr. like that. Not our beloved chief. <laughs> I, I don't I'd watch that show. He um, is our beloved chief, trust me, Robin. He's, a, he's, right. he's yeah, a, see, a really nice guy on Grey's. I, I can't wait to join Anatomy. the. As I was, I was just gonna say, I can't wait to join the Grey's Anatomy intro cast in the future. But uh, go ahead, Steph. <laughs> I was just gonna say I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, but I, I have a feeling. I would so it's hard for me. It was hard for me to find him that threatening because the character he plays on Grey's Anatomy seems like such a guy. <laughs> we have uh, a lag. Okay, so the dying guy was cute and funny. Uh, I Glenn believe... Fitzgerald. His name is Glenn Fitzgerald. I'm sorry. I looked it up. I wrote it down. I didn't say it earlier. All right. Um, I can't believe Ruth spent half of her funeral home money on 
Nikolai's debt. Sure, she didn't know a lawsuit was coming, but who does that? Especially for someone as ungrateful as Nikolai. Poor little Brenda. No one wants to walk in on that. Surfer dudes? Really, Brenda? Sigh. For all of Carla's foibles, she's correct when she says people don't change. Wow. Uh, Michael David was very uh, dexterous. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Totally confused me. Michael, parentheses, David. So she's talking about Michael C. Hall, who plays David on the show, not Michael David. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would love Six Feet Under to have a guest appearance by Michael David. That'd be that'd be incredible. That'd be great. Uh, he doesn't watch the show though, so yeah. it would be uh, hard to have a discussion with him. Oh no, I mean on the show. Oh, oh on the TV show on yeah. Six Feet Under. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like to see him killed back, in the beginning. Uh, does I don't know. That would be great. I would love to see him killed in a very painful way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she says he's very dexterous in the scene with Mrs. Collins. Of course, the outburst had more to do with his and Keith's relationship. Well, I guess Brendan knows about Lisa and the baby now. Now starts the hypocritical stage of the relationship or continues it. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Rico, Rico, Rico. (laughs) Fill in the blanks with your own expletives. Ah, I loved Claire getting all truthful when she gave Ruth the pants. And my God, Ruth looked ridiculous wearing them. Uh See? No spoilers. (laughs) Smiley face from Simone. Uh Cute. All right, so uh, we have one more email sent in at the last minute by Brad Couples. And, uh, you mean Bradders? Go for no, it, Brad. He's not the Bradders. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I am blaming Rico's negligent wife for that woman's death. <laughs> David wins for calling out Rico. No, no, no. The smarmy, rambling rabbi is back. The worst. <laughs> I'm officially... <laughs> I'm officially turning on Keith at this point. Yeah, let's put a child into a potentially abusive situation. Great job, LAPD's finest. Get this man some pepper spray and send him off to take care of some peaceful protesters. This shouldn't even be a consideration. Thank you, Brad. Oh, oh, snap. Rico's family takes another hit. Joy, I can't wait until we get to the Diaz family murder slash suicide episode. Nor can I, Brad. Nor can I. All right, so uh, that's it for listener eulogies. Uh, oh, we have to do last rites. We have to give our ratings on the episode and uh, any last thoughts on it. So uh, who wants to go first this time? I'll go, just because I have All to right. run away soon. Um, okay, <laughs> so the first time I watched the episode, I probably would have given it some horribly dismal rating, like a five or something. Mm. But on second watch, because I saw... Uh, David standing up for himself and protecting Taylor and because Nate came clean with Brenda and because Brenda hopefully hit bottom and maybe just maybe is going to start to um, sit up and fly right because of all those things. Oh, and because of Claire's awesome pants, (laughs) I ended up deciding to give it a seven and a half nasty Chinese holistic herbs out of 10. (laughs) Okay. uh, Des. Okay, so uh, add points for Mitzi, subtract points for Carla, uh, uh, subtract points for Vanessa and Rico, but add points for um, David uh, yelling at the lady suing them. I can't remember her name right now. Um, 
Mrs. Mrs. Collins. Collins. Add, po- add points for Nate telling uh, Brenda. Subtract points for Brenda still being a, a whore. Um, add points for Glenn Fitzgerald because I love him. And uh, <laughs> add points for Nate's great ass. So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 purple bongs. <laughs> uh, Steph? Okay, add points for the absence of Aunt Sarah. <laughs> Ah, yes. Ah, boo. For Sarah sending a 16, 17, 18, whatever, a child mushrooms in the mail. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Subtract points for Keith feeling like sending his niece off to his, with his father is a good idea. Add points for David wanting to take care of Taylor and be her father um add points for nate on enough to you know take responsibility for you know telling brenda baby i it's it was it was a great episode. i mean not great there was nothing really offensive can you just say good episode. at least just good good it was good it wasn't great, great and there was, was nothing good. that offended me bothers me <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, okay, Aunt Sarah offends me. She wasn't <laughs> in this episode. Oh, I, I know, but okay. but her mushrooms uh, were. So that's what I, <laughs> but her mushrooms were, which offended me. Um, Brenda's parents offend me, and I mean, <laughs> not like offend, like offend my, like I, you know, just that they I hate them so bad they get on my nerves and offend me. Yes. Um, I give it eight out of ten hot dogs. Yay! Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and uh, finally, at uh, best interest of wrapping up, I will say I-, I think I've talked about all the things I liked about this episode already. Um, and let me just just give it a rating. I'm going to give it seven out of ten grilled cheese sandwiches made with love. Aww. Yeah. All right, let's bury this Bigfoot. All right. All right. A non-bakery reference. <laughs> uh, you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. <laughs> you can leave us a voicemail at one five four one two embalm Visit us on the Facebook. Right on. Or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com. We will take your emails even at the last minute, Brad, because <laughs> we love them. <laughs> And I'll try to remember to remind people ahead of time. But please put the episode title in the subject line so that we don't get spoiled. Yeah. Uh, or just write liars, whores, and last minute stream of consciousness, consciousness emails. <laughs> so um, that was just, that was Brad's subject. So I thought it All right. So, um, <clears throat> so, uh, de- uh, shoot, where am I? Des. Dad, uh-huh. where can we find uh-huh. you on the web? Um, okay, uh, so I do a podcast with Gabby called Bitch Please, and uh, we just recorded our second episode about uh, ladylike and unladylike behavior, and Steph was our special guest. So you can go to bepleasecast.blogspot.com. I, I I'm look just, forward to I'm hearing just, that episode, especially. Yes, because Robin was our male perspective with his like ten minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm looking forward to hearing that one. I haven't actually listened yet, but I shall. I send in long voicemails. <laughs> yeah. It's um, okay. like it. <laughs> Steph? Uh, my podcasts are uh, Potential Cast. That's our Buffy podcast at PotentialCast.com. Uh, our Angel podcast that we just started, Angel the Series, it's at uh, RedemptionCast.blogspot.com. And the podcast that Des and I do uh, on television every week, What's On with Steph and Des.blogspot.com. Yeah. That's it. Nice. That's it. I think so. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find Moira enjoying some shrooms and sewing sleepovers with uh, Claire and Parker. Uh, <laughs> and you can find her on Twitter at Moira Brown with an E at the end. And, uh, well, we've already talked about uh, my other podcast, The Great Redemption Cast, which I look forward to recording tomorrow. And that's it for FisherCast this week. Next week, your homework is... I'll take you, and we're going to have our uh, uh, friend Claire pop by for that one. No, not that Claire. The <laughs> other Claire. Um, as for the liar and the whore, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes. And dust. Uh, to the Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I work out every day. Yeah, that's what they say. I eat right and stay committed. Yeah, they say I did it. Look, now I don't care what you think. I'ma do my thing tonight. I came to dance, came to drink. Living that disco life. I burn about a thousand guys. Dancing, moving, shaking, grooving. So fuck with my train to say, I'm finna get a hot dog. I'm finna get a hot dog. I'm finna get a hot dog. Yeah, that's what they call it. And lately I become a dogaholic. Now some vendors be real and some be faking. What? You ain't got no bacon? Now I don't care what you say, I want my money back. You ain't got no onions, got no peppers, and a dog ain't bacon rap. Now to get it right, I got to go and search the boulevard. Cause 9 to 5 and on the floor. I work too goddamn hard. Finna get a hot dog. Ooh, 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 ooh